home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Next up, you'll be listening to United Way Community Connections with Mike Appleberg. United Way Community Connections. United Way Community Connections broadcasts every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. right here on WSMN. In United Way Community Connections, you will be introduced to leaders from all of the great nonprofits in Greater Nashua, from caring for our children to our seniors, from helping our homeless pets to our at-risk vets, from learning the skills to get your GED, to dealing with trauma and substance abuse. Community Connections is the place to learn with Mike Affelberg about what's going on. Learn how you can help and make a difference from the experts. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show, which is making a difference in Greater Nashua. Here's your host, Mike Affelberg. Well, good Monday morning, and welcome to the United Way Community Connections show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We're here live each and every Monday morning on WSMN 1590 AM. I say each and every Monday morning, but we weren't here last week because I was on vacation. Sorry, I have to apologize for that, but I was. Um, I know you probably missed me, and I'm not sure how you made it through a whole week without me, but, uh, well, we're back, so it's it's all good. Um, What is our show about? Our show, the United Way Community Connection Show, is about connecting people in the community to all of the great nonprofits that we have serving Greater Nashua. And there are many nonprofits in our community. Uh, They do a wide variety of things. Some help kids. Some help people to get healthy. Some get access to dental care. Some are big organizations like the YMCA. Some are nonprofits that only do something once a year, like the Dash for Recovery that we'll be talking with just here in in a minute. Um, but uh, the nonprofits in our community do some incredible work, and our goal really is to connect you to them so that you can know a couple of things. Uh, the first thing, which is really important for you to learn about, is how can you support nonprofits um, in their mission of making our community stronger, safer, healthier, and happier? Well, there are two ways in which people will typically help a nonprofit to do their work. The first is through volunteering and just getting involved. People like to get involved with things that they understand. So in listening to this show, hopefully you'll connect to the mission of one of our fantastic organizations, the mission being what they do and why it matters. And um, when you when you connect to somebody's mission, then you will be able to know whether this is a place where you want to spend some time um, you know, working with people. The uh, other thing is that uh, nonprofits always need money. And... Um, you know, some of our nonprofits are ashamed to ask about that or bring it up as if it's a dirty topic, but I'm, I'm not. So I do a lot of fundraising in the community, and I find that it's important for people to know that there are places where they can invest or donate that will make a real difference. And sometimes they just don't understand where those areas are. And so we try to connect people to the ability to donate effectively as well to one of our nonprofits in the community. Um, you know, probably the most important reason why somebody would, would listen to this show, frankly, is to learn about how you can get connected to services. The Sometimes it's almost overwhelming. Let's say you know somebody who's going through a life circumstance. Uh, today I have a feeling we're going to talk quite a bit about substance use disorder. And perhaps you know somebody, a friend, a family, or loved one who is um, struggling with substance use disorder or... Um, Um, needs help. 
And so how do you find out where do you get that help? And, and the nonprofits that we have, we have a number of them that really work um, effortless, tirelessly in this area. But if you don't know, you don't know. And so by listening to our show each week, you'll get a little bit smarter and be able to help people to know where those resources are and um, how people can get connected to them. So those are some of the reasons why we would love it if you listen to our show. Um, I'm going to talk for just a couple of minutes before we hop into our first um, interview about things that are very, very timely, things you should know about, and uh, please pass this along to your friends or people you know who might benefit from the information. First one, which is really... Um, you know, it's kind of hard for me to believe because it is August you know, 6th and we're sweltering in the heat. But before we know it, it will be the fall. And what happens in the fall? The leaves change color and the kids go back to school. So um, I have a flyer from Southern New Hampshire Services and they run the Head Start program here in our community. Head Start is a uh, national program which is geared towards um, early education, kids ages 3 to 5 years old. It's national, it's accredited, um, and it's very cost-effective, in some cases free if you're low-income. But you need to enroll your kid. It's not an automatic thing like public school. It's um, an actual program. So what you would want to do is head on down to um, uh, Southern New Hampshire Services on Ald Street, and they can connect you um, to getting enrolled. And I'm going to tell you what their phone number is. The main office number is 668 8010-668-8010. And the extension for that is 6098. But, uh, you know, anytime if you forget that number, if you didn't write it down, you're like, what was that Head Start thing and how do I find out about it? You know what? Can we call it United Way? Call Mike and I'll tell you what the information was. We want to make sure that people get connected to Head Start. Now is enrollment. Um, a national program, this is tomorrow night, the 35th annual National Night Out. That's a partnership with the police department, and police departments really all across the country to connect their communities and their youth to the police in a way that helps to build a healthier um, relationship between police and the and the community. Um, now, the flyer that I have, I a good friend of mine handed me this flyer, and uh, she handed me the Spanish language version. And I'm going to tell you, it's not going to help you if I read this over there because, um, first of all, my Spanish is horrible. And second of all, maybe you don't know Spanish. But in any case, bienvenidos. That's all I'm going to say. Um, welcome to the National Night Out. That's at the Boys and Girls Club tomorrow evening. It's open to all. Really great program. I will be there talking about the Arlington Street Community Center. And it's at the Boys and Girls Club here in Nashua from 5 to 8 p.m. tomorrow, Tuesday evening. I did want to mention also at the library, library is doing a number of really fantastic and very um, different programs in our community. One program that they have is an immigration open house. So this is coming up, um, well, there's one tonight, and then there's one in October. So then you don't need to read RSVP for these things. But if you know somebody who's maybe interested in becoming a citizen of the United States and what the process is and how that would actually work, uh, this is just an interesting way to connect with somebody from Immigration and Naturalization Services and learn about the process of becoming a citizen. A couple years ago when my wife became a citizen, she was a, she was a citizen of Germany. She was born and raised there. And at some point she decided, you know what, the heck with that. I'm an American. I'm going to be an American now. And she had to learn about how do I become an American. And this open house is just exactly for that. So that's tonight or today. My goodness, this is like right in 15 minutes. So turn off the radio and run. Run down the road. It's at the uh, public library right now. I think I should have announced that last week. That's a little bit of short notice. My bad. Um, you know what? 
I've already talked too much. There's a bunch of other things going on, but they're not until later in August, and that's okay. So what I want to do now is turn um, to our first guest. These are our special guests. Normally, we don't have somebody on the first 20 minutes of the show, which is um, unfortunate for you because it means you need to listen to me the whole time. But you're lucky today. Today, we have two guests, and these ladies are involved with a program. It's actually a, a fundraising run called the Dash for Recovery. We have Ger- Geraldine Cerdelli. Chiradelli, I'm sure she's going to correct me on that, <laughs> unless I, unless she's very polite and doesn't. We have Debbie Dunn, and Debbie and Geraldine have been involved with the Dash for Recovery for, it sounds like you're going on your fourth, fourth year. year, is that yes. right? Fourth year, and it's a fundraising run. Um, it's really, you're not a standalone nonprofit, you fundraise for the benefit of a nonprofit, and this year you're doing this to support safe stations in our community, is that right? Yes. Okay, very good. Um so I'm going to say, um, if one of you wouldn't mind just talking a little bit about the DASH, what is it, and how does it work, and how does it benefit people? Okay. The DASH recovery uh, is the brainstorm of Karen McCarthy. I met Karen through the Learn to Cope organization, and she asked me to join her in organizing a 5K race. So we got a team together. We wanted to bring awareness to the opioid epidemic. We grabbed a team, Skip Cleaver, Paul Joyce, and Geraldine here, and... Um, we started our 5K race four years ago. At that time, our race was benefiting the Phoenix House, um, a nonprofit recovery center. This year, we wanted to bring it home to our community. To, so the race this year will benefit the Nashua Safe Stations. Sadly, also this year, our race will be a memory of Karen's son, Kevin McCarthy, who lost his battle to addiction on February 24th, 2018. Well, so, just a couple months ago. Yeah. So our race began with three moms whose families have been personally affected by addiction and we want to make a difference in someone's life. So that's how we began and we keep growing stronger every year. So um, over the past four years and um, I've been there sort of at the kickoff, I will, truth in advertising, you're probably never going to get me doing the dash for recovery because <laughs> I'm just like not a runner. You can walk, um, you can crawl. Maybe, <laughs> I would end up, I would end up crawling. <laughs> I'm not sure that would be all that great, but I have been there for the kickoff event and it's just been a great event. Um, you've had a couple of hundred people. We typically have between a hundred and 150 racers. We have numerous sponsors. Um, we've grown every year and this year being, Bringing it back to our community and benefiting our community, I think it's going to be bigger and better than ever. That's fantastic. Um, I I really applaud you for that. Now, you also, you said that you're just three moms who have been affected by substance use disorder and addiction. Uh, Perhaps, if you wouldn't mind, if it's not too embarrassing or close to home, if you wouldn't mind sharing those stories, I think people will appreciate that. Well, I met Karen at Learn to Cope. Learn to Cope organization is just a group of people getting together who have been affected through addiction. Um, At the time, Karen's son and my son were both in recovery. Um, They were both addicts. Um, Unfortunately, Karen's son has lost his life. I'm very blessed. My son is still in recovery and doing very well. How about yourself, Geraldine? So my son... um, continues to struggle. So uh, all three of us ladies are in different parts of our, you know, diff- different journeys with with our children. Um, my son has been in and out of treatment. Um, ironically enough, his first treatment facility was the Phoenix House, which this dash um, used to benefit. Yes. And will um, still benefit. Will still. 
Um, the Phoenix House is a great is a great program. It, it really these programs are what you make of them. If if somebody's ready for treatment, they're ready. And sadly, if if they're not, um, it's it's not really going to work. They they have to struggle. To, yep, they have they have to be ready. And I I am definitely excited to have them benefit the New Hampshire Safe Stations or Nashua Safe Stations. My son has uh, been through the Safe Stations more than once, I will say, and it's just. As a mother, it's nice to know that somebody has a place that they can go to. Uh, is it okay if I talk a little bit about the safe station? You most certainly can. Absolutely. We have uh, a couple of minutes, and, and I think that that's important. So each Nashua, New Hampshire fire station is a designated safe environment for individuals seeking assistance, looking for treatment to start their path to recovery. At any time of day or night, a person seeking help with substance misuse can go to any Nashua Fire Department station and speak to the firefighters on duty. The firefighters will arrange for or provide a medical assessment, and if there is a cause for concern that there is something else medically wrong with the patient, um, transport to an appropriate level medical facility will be arranged for and provided by Nashua's contracted 911 service, AMR, American um, Medical medical response. Mm -hmm. If further medical treatment is not needed, the individual will be transported to Harbor Homes for further intervention. And Harbor Homes, as we know, has has the medical respite, um, Peggy Gilmore Respite Center. Um, If there's not space available there, then they'll find shelter for them in other places and then help them to uh, further seek treatment. Um, I think it's it's a great program. I know people that uh, I know people walk in there every day. And when we're on, uh, I think next September twenty fourth or twenty fifth, we'll talk a little. We'll talk more about numbers and how many. Yeah, people. I just pulled up some numbers just because it was in the newspaper today. Excellent. Actually, oh. from, from page of the Telegraph, Adam um, Urquhart wrote a, wrote a little piece about this, just a year to date assessment, and it looks like uh, based on year to date numbers, we've had twenty deaths in Nashua so far this year. Um, and that's a lot. That's too much. It's too many. Um, but last year it was 28, mm-hmm. and that's a that's that's a pretty big decline. And and um, there's also been a decline in the number of overdoses as well. But uh, they're pushing 2,000, almost 2,000 people who've gone through mm-hmm. safe stations at this point. Um, as of right now, 1,992 people who've who've sought treatment. And of course, as you say, that might be the same person going back once or twice mm-hmm. or or a couple of times. Um, and that's not uncommon, but that door being open is, I think, the key. Absolutely. Um, so the money that you're raising will be benefiting safe stations. Um, obviously, it's a costly program. It's costly for the city to run, for the fire department, for harbor homes. It's not fully funded by you know federal and state dollars, So, but it's a very effective program. So, so that support is really, truly appreciated. And we're really hoping to increase the numbers. So we want people to register. People register um, as teams in memory of somebody. Even just walk, Mike. You still can walk. walk. You might not be able to run the 5K, but you can certainly walk or crawl. We really Donate. So you're looking for donors, I'm assuming. Sponsors. Sponsors still, I'm Sponsors sure. Sponsors still. Um, volunteers to help out with Volunteer. maybe running the event on the event day and stuff yes. like that. And people to register and just and just be there and, and support us. And we have a Facebook page for the event. We have a Facebook yep. page um, just for the Dash. Yep, I, I just pulled it up. So if anybody's interested in learning more, probably Facebook is maybe the easiest way to right. learn about it. You just go to facebook.com front slash dash for recovery. And that's four with a, the number four, not four spelled out. So dash for recovery on Facebook. And you can learn about there how to sign up and become a sponsor 
uh, you know, run or crawl, as the case may be, <laughs> in the event. Um, and the race is October 7th, 2018. Registration begins at 7.30 that day. Race begins at 9 a.m. And it's at Stello Stadium, Mines Falls. Fantastic. Gerilyn, Debbie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for and, having us. And thank you. more importantly, thank you for what you're doing um, you. and sharing your stories. We really appreciate that. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. All right. So we're going to um, go into our first break here. And uh, our show is brought to you by Edstone Properties. Uh, Edstone Properties is been our presenting sponsor for our show since the day one when we started the show. And so thank you to them for that. We appreciate it. Um, after the break, we're going to be joined by a good friend of mine, Krista Sopransis. Krista is the Director of Development over at Marguerite's Place here in Nashville. We're going to talk a little bit about what Marguerite's Place does um, what, um, and how you can get involved with supporting their work. This is the United Way Community Connection Show, and I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. The New Hampshire Dental Society wants to help parents keep their kids' teeth healthy this Halloween. Instead of handing out candy, consider pencils, stickers, or temporary tattoos. Avoid sticky sweets such as gummies, taffy, and caramels as they stay on the surface of the teeth longer. Limit consumption to one or two pieces of candy at a time and have your children brush their teeth after each batch of sweets. Some dentists offer a buyback program that rewards children for donating their excess Halloween candy. Check to see if your local dentist provides this option. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603 603- 889-5208. Have you suffered a motor vehicle injury and need professional assistance? Do you need a team that gets you back on track and taking the green? That team for you is Bardis Law. Bardis Law has three attorneys and two paralegals that can assist you if you've been injured in an accident. Athletes get injured on the field and on the track all the time. Routine injuries can be expected in sports. Accidents are not anticipated in everyday activities. If you get injured in a motor vehicle accident, call Bardis Law at 603-420-8588 or visit Visit www.bartislaw.com. The experts at American Medical Response offer these safety tips to assure that a fun afternoon at the pool stays fun. Important actions to take at the pool. Watch children at all times. Know the basics of life-saving, including CPR. Learn how to swim and teach your child how to swim and educate them on basic safety tips in the water. Keep children away from pool drains, pipes, and other openings to avoid entrapment. Check out more safety tips at amr.net slash safety. AMR Medics are here for you every hour of every day. Awesome. Great. Thank you. I couldn't hear anything but the, but the Eagles. And I love listening to the Eagles. Um, and actually, probably you might like, might like listening to that more than me, too. But you're stuck with me for now. Anyway, um, our show's on each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. And each week we interview several different nonprofits talking about what they do and why it matters. That's essentially in the nonprofit world what we call their mission. 
Um, we're joined today by my friend Krista Tsukrenzis, and we are over at the Arlington Street Community Center. We're going to talk a little bit about Marguerite's place. I would say you would know that we're at the community center by looking on the Facebook live feed, and, and I would point like that to the uh, pink flamingo in the background, but I don't know what happened. They seem to have removed my pink flamingo, so this looks like we're in a room with a palm tree. Nevertheless, we are at the Arlington Street Community Center, and we're excited to be here all summer long. Uh, so, Krista, welcome back to our show. It's good to have you on. Um, is Krista... Okay, as long as you can hear, is Krista alive? Got it, no problem. So we'll just keep talking as if we could hear ourselves. That. Okay, that works. Well, I can hear you. That's awesome. So, I can't hear you. Well, okay. Anyway, Krista, so Marguerite... I can read lips, though, so we're Yes. Good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's my way it's supposed to work. Anyway, so Krista, um, you are the Director of Development at yes. Marguerite's Place. I don't think we've ever talked about, like, different roles in the nonprofit world, and I thought that might be interesting, because when I started at United Way and looked at the uh, nonprofit world, I, I had no idea even what a Director of Development was. What, what do you do? What's your job? Well... It's a mix, and especially in a small organization, we we all know when you hear it all the time, you wear a lot of many hats and yep, a lot of do. different jobs and um, different tasks, but my main focus is raising money. So yeah. we do that through grant writing, special events, community connections, um, and just setting up campaigns, flat out asking for straight yeah. donations, um, just a whole mix of raising money. So for people who aren't nonprofit world, but they, but they are very familiar with the for-profit world, basically you are the sort of chief salesperson. You're the, you're the uh, sales and kind of marketing, sales and marketing person for Marguerite. Yes, and we're all out at community events and representing the organization, but um, my job as selling the organization, why you would give to us, why you would invest in us, um, and presenting it as um, the opportunity that you have to... Absolutely help us and help our clients and help our women really kind of make those steps forward. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. And it's an easy sell. I mean, it's the mission is just amazing. The people that work there, um, the women that come through our doors and um, the comments that you hear, The I've never had this type of support before in my life. You hear that on a daily basis. Right. So it's, like I said, it's, it's an easy sell. I mean, right. there is the challenge of funds are limited. Well, you know, and that's something that, that, that is true. Um, you know, we have a community that's only so big, and we have a lot of nonprofits that need to do their work. Um, you know, we are, United Way, our approach is a little different in that we kind of look at the whole network of what it takes to make things work together, but any single nonprofit has to, in a way, compete with other nonprofits. We don't like to think of it that way, but, right. we, but, but at the end of the day, dollars are limited. Individuals can only give so much. Corporations only have so much. And so it is really important to tell your story in a way that helps people to connect and understand where their donations are going and how you're making a difference. Right. I mean, we are competitors that love each other and work together. Absolutely. I mean, those great organizations where you refer people back and forth. Yep. We have clients who might not be right for our program, who might be right for another program. So we, we talk, we communicate, we work back and forth. But, I mean, at the end of the day, for certain grants and certain funding, it is it is competing and how do we stand out and and that's just about representing ourselves in the best way possible too. absolutely i think they call that a little bit of co-opetition yes you know, 
because we could work That's together and compete. So, right. um, anyway, so thank you for sharing that. I just think it's interesting that people, because people don't think about those things a lot of times. Right. So tell us about Marguerite's Place. Um, you know, a little bit of the history and what do you do and how do you, how do you make a difference in the community? Sure. So women come to us either through word of mouth or referrals through city welfare, other organizations, shelters, and they apply to be in our program. They go through an intake process. There's some tests they have to pass. Um, and what we do is we provide them with housing for two years. So fully furnished apartment. Yep. We have two buildings on Palm Street. And they stay with us for two years. They have case management. So they have their own personal case manager that works with them, setting goals, long-term, short-term. And we have an on-site child care center. Um, Licensed plus through the state of New Hampshire and also designated as a strengthening families, which means we work with the whole family. And the 24-hour security, it really has a really safe feeling there. And so what we do is we work getting them back on their feet and back towards self-sufficiency. And then from there, once they graduate our program, we have um, a sister organization, MP Housing, which owns condos through Nashua that they can go on to and stay for up to five years at um, approximately about 50% of market rent prices. So it's really that next step in getting them closer to self-sufficiency. And so, they participate in aftercare the whole time, so we still have case management. So a lot of times I know that in, um, you know, when we talk about the economics of poverty and the economics of homelessness and, and, and going from homelessness to self-sufficiency, you know, they have this um, effect in economic terms. It's called the cliff effect. Okay. And what you do, and basically that's sometimes maybe you, and we've all, I think, even heard about this, like somebody... They have some benefits that they're receiving. Perhaps they're receiving WIC, or perhaps they're receiving food stamps, um, uh, something like that, or fuel assistance, something along those lines. And then they earn a little bit more money and find themselves no longer qualifying for those services mm -hmm. and, in fact, are taking a big step backward on that, on that ladder toward becoming self-sufficient. sounds like what you do is to help in a way to mitigate some of that, to help women actually truly get to where, where they want to be um, in a way that doesn't, you know, just become so onerous. Right. And that's our goal, and bridging those gaps and helping them make those steps, make connections, um, increase their, their education, get better jobs, learn um, just even some of the basic life skills about putting your best foot forward at work and making some of those sacrifices that you really have to show that you can do it and you can push ahead. So... Um, getting them to that point where they don't experience that cliff effect is part of our goal. Yeah, absolutely. How many women are there typically in, in your program? We have 10 apartments and then 10 condos through MP Housing. And so then 10 apartments that's down on Palm Street. On Palm Street. Yeah. And those are the current residents and then the condo residents. But then we also have what we consider aftercare. So anyone that goes through our program, and it's technically a five-year program, but Generally, it does go on for years and years. So we do have many more that we work with on even a less regular basis, monthly, two times a year. They're still checking in and checking back with us. Okay. Um, and how long have you been doing this? Since 1994. 1994, so, 20, so about 20 Coming on 20 years? 25 or 25 years. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Next year will be 
an anniversary. Yeah. Yep. Are you planning, making big plans we already are. for that? We have some big ideas for our, you know, events and just the whole year throughout. Well, so, big birthday big bash is always a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And it builds the awareness and really, it, I think some people are surprised to hear that we've been around that long, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. so one event that I wanted to mention, because I, I went there last year, a good friend of mine, Kelly Murphy, participated in it. Oh, and that was, yeah. you had a contest to redesign two of the apartments. Yes. And it was a, basically a contest between two different um, interior designers from the community, Kelly Murphy. And I don't recall who the other one was. Brenda Barron. Brenda Barron. Design okay. Barron. And they did yeah. um, just an amazing job transforming two of your apartments uh, that needed updating. And, and, yeah. and, and they could show off what they do and how great they are at it. Are you planning on doing something like that again? or? Well, the reason that worked out so great is we happened to have two apartments become available at the same time. Ah, so okay. that doesn't always happen. Sure. And what we did is when we just said, we have these two apartments, they need some love. Mm -hmm. They've been, they had seen, I think one saw 55 families through 170, some a lot. large, large numbers. A lot yeah. of families had, had benefited from these apartments. So two became open at the same time. So we okay. just jumped on the chance. So if that happens in, we would gladly take Got take it. advantage because we so we had Kelly Murphy and Brenda Barron. We gave them we had each apartment sponsored for five hundred dollars, which is Nothing. peanuts in the design world. Yep. Uh, I think they both laughed a, couple a little of bit. Of paint and, <laughs> and we had two weeks to turn <laughs> them over because we wow. had we had families yeah. that we needed to get in. So they were at yard sales and begging friends and flea markets right. and painting furniture in their garage and I don't know how we pulled it off, but we, we pulled it off. They were great. They had lots of volunteers, and then we opened it to the public. They could view the apartments, right. and they, the apartments just felt so warm. Yeah. These are great, really great, big, open, airy, light apartments, and yeah. that's another surprise when people come through for a tour, which we're always happy to have people stop by, yep. take a look around. We'll show you the child care center. Kids love getting visitors. Um, we have people who come in and read to the children, and we'll give a tour, show an open apartment if there is one open at the time. Um, some of our residents don't even mind having their apartment toured, Right. you know, even with them living there. So the design challenge was great. Two weeks turned over, beautiful, beautiful apartment. So if that happens again and two open up, we'll definitely jump on it. That's fantastic. I love that event. It was yeah. just such a great community, uh, you know, opportunity for, for people to learn more right. in, a, in a kind of a fun way. It um, was fun. So good job with Stressful, that. Stressful but fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, was that your idea? It was. That's it great. Was. And I was new, and um, it was great. It just worked out really well. That's fantastic. Well, great job with that. Now, you do yeah. have some stuff coming up that we wanted to talk about. So a couple of events coming on the horizon. We do. We are um, launching into our fall event, October 13th. It's our fundraising gala. It's uh, at the Doubletree Hotel, which is newly renovated. I don't know if you've been there since they... I have. It used to be remodel. called the Crown Plaza. Yes. It's going to take a It's one of those things that's going to take a long time for us to break that habit and not call it Crown yeah. Plaza anymore. Yep. But yeah, I have been over there. I was over there for somebody's event. It's beautiful. They've it really is. done a nice job. It's, they've paint, done a lot. It's painted in white now. At least, and, it's very and it really opens bright up. and modern. Yeah. yeah. So we're really excited about that. So that's our Starry Night Fall Gala. Um, so that we're in the, the midst of planning. That that's will be the an big auction. event. Your big event yep. every year. Yep. Gala, auction, um, entertainment. And I'm really, really excited about our speaker this year. We have a yeah. current resident that's Fantastic. just really had some really great, um, great moments this year. So she's going to speak. So we're excited about that. So that's, that's our that's our fall fundraiser that's coming up. 
and people can um, get involved by donating an item if they're a business for the for the silent auction yes. or buying a ticket and, or buying a table yep or sponsorship sponsorship is huge that's um a big part of our income the is there a live auction too no we okay. well actually we are adding a little live tech um part this year for the first time um it's still in the planning stages yeah. but we have some very crafty um resonance so we might have some items that they make that we auction off okay we have um, someone who started making jewelry and uh, actually that leads me to i wanted to mention a couple community connections that we have sure um so this this young woman moved in we found out she has this talent of making jewelry contacted a couple of local places and beetles bead boutique and chumpster gave her a donation of supplies hundreds of dollars worth of supplies i don't know if you know beads but those little you know what i know about beads is my daughter when she was in middle school got into like beading and i thought i've officially arrived in hell because they were all over the place and they were like you know i'm like honey this is just really the messiest craft you could possibly hit can't you just take up watercolors or something this is terrible yep and the tiny sparkle ones they're expensive so this yeah they are it's a very pricey little hobby it is it is so this really nice bead shop gave this donation so our our young mom's been making jewelry and she's selling it over at um, riverwalk cafe so okay. they have a little shop set up mm-hmm. where people can sell, and it's on a consignment basis. So she's making now a supplemental income nice. um, just out of her talent and using a hobby um, to kind of make some financial advances, too. So it's just part of the whole community, yeah. you know, community connections that we yeah, have. Absolutely. Um, we have another mother who received a plot, um, community garden plot through Grow Nashua. Yeah. And um, Justin Monroe over there has been really helpful with us. Is and that one of the plots over behind Citizens Bank um, or along the rail trail? Uh, I think the rail trail. Okay. I'm not 100% sure, though. Yeah. Um, walking distance. So she walks down with her oh, boys sure. and okay. takes Probably care of it. Oh, sure. Okay, the rail trail. Yeah. Um, and grows vegetables. She brings them back. She's making her own pickles. She's sharing with other residents. It's just another one of those nice connections that we've had going on. That's awesome. I love um, that. Yeah, they've been doing a lot of that with Grow Nashua. Anybody who has a chance yeah. to go check out the uh, the brand new community gardens behind they're behind Citizens Bank on Main Street by the so post office. By the right? post office, yes. um, that's a that's a collaboration with Grow Nashua and the Soup Kitchen, a number of the other organizations, and Citizens Bank that has um, sort of rented rented leased this space out for like a dollar a year or something like that, yeah. um, which was not being used previously. So and it's it's great there's no, a lot great. of food growing there that's pretty great. pretty so, amazing yeah great partnerships so, going good. on um, we're also looking to put our team together for the united we sleep event in september oh so you know what i didn't even talk about that. that today but yes that's awesome you guys so had a great team last year we had a great team last year um a couple of changes in yep. in um our team this year but if there's anyone who wants to get involved certainly Sounds good. I uh, I had made a note while we were talking to send you the link to set up your team so we can we can oh, get going yes. on that. That's yep, uh, have to do that. That's just seven weeks from now. It's kind of like the official. I know they say Labor Day is kind of the end of summer. For me, the end of summer is the sleep is out. The so yeah, okay, it's going quick. So we're just about out of time. And what I wanted to um, say is, there any anything last things you want people to know about Krista? Um, just. I just want to say thank you for all the support. We have a lot of local um, groups that help us and rotaries and apartment communities, churches that all help us and 
we get donations that just show up from Amazon. We don't even know who they're from. That's so fantastic. We just, people can shop online. I mean, that's an easy way to help out, too. Yeah. We have a wish list on our website, okay. which is um, www.margaritesplace.org. And those are, we try to keep that very current of items that we could use at the moment. Yeah. Um, always looking for donations of paper products and batteries and stamps and gas cards, things like that, that we, we go through pretty quickly. Um, so visit our website. Uh, we will have the ticket link on there for our fall fundraiser shortly. Perfect. I see the wish list on there. And as you said, it's margaritesplace.org. And yep. if, I always tell people who are listening, if you forget that, you don't know what it is, just call Mike at the United Way and ask, who was that great organization that took care of uh, all the homeless moms and helped them to get back on their feet? Right. And I'm sure that my answer will be, oh, that was Marguerite's Place. Marguerite's and I'll connect Place. you to Krista. Yep. There's a great video on our homepage that was done last year by um, yeah. Pearl Marketing. Yep. Um, really great connection with them, too. So Perfect. It's a great little three-minute watch. That's great. We always yeah. got to give a plug for Amanda at Pearl Marketing. She's on my They're board. So and she's awesome. So she's great. great. That we're working with them again for our video for our fall event. So. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So, well, yeah. thank you, Chris. I appreciate right. you coming back on. We'll probably do this again in a couple of months. Um, we got to take our break now. After the break, we'll be back with our final guest of the day. That's Peter from the Farnham Center. And um, our show is brought to you by Edstone Properties of Nashua. I'm Mike Affelberg, and this is the United Way Community Connection Show. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Tony Joyce from Joyce Cooling and Heating. Summer is finally here, and for those of you with central air conditioning, hopefully you're getting a good night's sleep. For those of you who don't, Joyce Cooling and Heating can help. Whether it's a repair, a replacement, or a new system, or help with this year's tree pollen, I'm sure we have something that meets your needs and budgets. We carry quality brands like Lennox and Mitsubishi. We still have a lot of summer left, so don't wait. That's Joyce Cooling and Heating at 882-4244 or on the web at JoyceCool.com. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. This is the story of a stove. An energy-saving stove made in Uganda. When Child Fund worked with local youth to make and sell these stoves, well, things really heated up. Because these stoves use very little wood and produce less smoke. Reducing deforestation and respiratory disease. They're creating jobs and a brighter future. This is only one of Child Fund's many innovative solutions benefiting children in need worldwide. To learn more, visit childfund.org. Child Fund. Innovative solutions, one child at a time. Uh, son, your mom and I would like to talk to you. I'm not an idiot. Your eyes are all bloodshot. I'm begging you, son, please stop smoking pot. You know, last night I found more paraphernalia. Please stop doing drugs and do what I tell ya. Okay, Mom and Dad, I'm gonna do as I should. I'm off drugs for good. In real life.
life, kids don't just give up drugs. So go to drugfree.org. A message from partnership at drugfree.org and partnership for a drugfree nh.org. Nope, now I don't hear anything at all. Um, I just hear me. I don't hear the station. Can you hear the station? Well, in any case, just tell me when the break is over, George, and we'll roll from there. Okay. This is a um, temporary setup that we have over here at the summer to. Um, Can you hear me? Okay. Um, okay. So you are listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. My name is Mike Affelberg. I'm your host. We're here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on WSMN 1590 a.m. Purpose of our show is to connect the people in the community to the nonprofits that serve our community. Each week we interview two different nonprofits, and this week we're really excited to have a brand new guest on our show. We have never heard from the Farnham Center before. And so we have Peter Burke, who is the marketing director at the Farnham Center, um, joining us on our show. So, uh, Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. I'm happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you here. Um, So the Farnham Center is actually not in Nashua proper, but you certainly support our community by, I'm sure, having many many people come through your doors who are from our community. Yes. Yeah, we do serve quite a few uh, people from the Nashua area and also work closely with a number of the organizations based in Nashua, whether it's the Public Health Network, the hospitals, um, police department, the opioid task force. So we, we work closely with a lot of those groups. A- absolutely. And that's just uh, kind of points out to the fact that we, you know, we're not just, you know, Nashua is, is a, not an island. We're part of a, of a network. We, we live in a small state. It takes everybody to make us healthier, healthier, happier, and stronger. So um, now your, your actual center is located in Manchester. Is that right? Yes. Um, so just to kind of back up a yep. tiny bit so we operate we're part of easter seals of new hampshire yeah and uh, we operate substance use disorder facilities in new hampshire under the easter seals umbrella so uh, you're correct our base of operations is in manchester we're in two locations in manchester on queen city avenue at the farnham center uh, that's where we have our medical detox unit with 20 beds residential with just shy of 40 beds and then a new um, brand new stabilization unit uh, 16 bed unit in that in that building and then across town over at 700 lake avenue all our outpatient services and programs are based over there we moved them over there last fall Um, so we have quite a wide array of services there that's where we um, have our open access program where people can basically walk in the door over there Monday through Friday from 8 to 1, basically, and at least get an initial clinical assessment, which, you know, as you know, that in some cases that may be enough to get the ball rolling for somebody. It's where, where we also have uh, intensive outpatient programs that we run, a partial hospitalization program, uh, a, a very uh, active Suboxone clinic that we've beefed up in that building, and uh, so there's a, there's a lot going on. We are 
to round things out geographically, yep. we're also up in Franklin. Um, in Franklin, we have two uh, residential facilities there. One is called Ray House for women, 21 beds. That's a R-A-Y, Ray House, actually named after Alex Ray, the fellow okay. that owns the Common Man mm-hmm. restaurants, a, a strong supporter of Farnham. Um, and then up in that location, we also have a, a separate facility, Webster Place, which is a 42-bed uh, facility for men. And it's kind of a beautiful setting up there. It's chock full of history. It's a very nice nice spot. Yeah, absolutely. So the Farnham Center, how long has the Farnham, has Easter Seals been sort of operating the Farnham Center in any of these locations? Right. Well, the Farnham Center itself goes back to the early 80s when it was started in a completely different location in Manchester. Uh, we became part of the Easter Seals family back in 2008. And... Uh, have grown from there and have opened the Queen City facility and then expanded in, uh, in Franklin with the facilities up there. And um, yeah, it's, it's, we're proud to be part of the Easter Seals family. They uh, operate, I think, about 90 different uh, programs in New Hampshire. Obviously, we're one of them. Right. <laughs> now, you must be, I'm sure you are, tied into the Safe Stations program up in Manchester. Very closely. Um, and, and I would suspect, in some way, tied into the Safe Stations in Nashua. program here in Nashua. As yes. Well. Yeah, we do end up seeing some people from the Nashua uh, Safe Station program program as well, yeah, depending on a particular mm-hmm. situation. Maybe geography might play a role. Right. But we're very closely tied in with the Safe Station program in Manchester. The new 16-bed stabilization unit that we have at Queen City Avenue works very closely with the Safe Station program. A lot of the people, not all, but certainly many of the people that go into Safe Station, where they get an initial assessment from the Granite Pathways folks, Mm -hmm. um, many of them will end up coming over to our stabilization unit. Uh, so is that similar to the respite center that's operated by Harbor Homes here in Nashua? Yeah, I think it's, it is similar. What, um, what happened where we got involved was um, some months back to everybody's surprise, Serenity Place in right. Manchester uh, went out of operation. Uh, they had been providing that respite function. Um, the state basically came in and, uh, you know, tried to get things rectified and divvied up what Serenity Place is doing among several different providers. At the time, we happened to be building what became the stabilization unit. So when they asked us if we could handle that respite uh, portion of the operation, you know, the answer was yes. And of course. So there's a, a lot of direct contact with Safe Station and the fire department. Absolutely. So um, the what percentage of your I guess, clients, um, patients, people coming through the Farnham Center, would you say actually start out at the Safe Station program? I well, mean, that might, uh, that's just a guess. But. Yeah, it's a decent percentage. Yeah. But, you know, we, um, we get people from every corner of the yeah. state coming in through a wide variety of... Probably uh, out of state as well, I'd imagine. Some out of state as well, yeah. yeah. And, you know, interestingly, the Safe Station program in Manchester, I mean, it's obviously a very busy program, as is the one in Nashua. The uh, Chief Goonan, the fire chief in yeah. Manchester, mentioned, I think in the two-plus years they've been in existence, I think they've had about, if I'm not mistaken, 3,500 people walk in the door. 
But he's, he mentioned recently that people have come in from 15 different states during that time, which I think is kind of amazing. That's incredible. But, uh, yeah, we get referrals from um, a wide variety of uh, directions, um, emergency rooms, primary care physicians, social workers, law enforcement, uh, really ac- across the board. And in my role, I engage with basically all those um, sectors along the along the. Uh, spectrum. So uh, one of the things I know that's been a big problem with any of these um, you know, treatment centers and, and, and approaches is just has been the funding. And getting adequate funding has been something that's lagged. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's starting to come along now, but it's, but it's been a long time coming. Um, I assume that part of your role is to help to seek out funding um, opportunities and how, how have you been successful in that? Yeah, yeah it's certainly, whether it's a direct uh, role of mine or indirect, it's certainly it all comes yeah. down to that. Um, and our funding comes from a wide variety of sources, whether it's through the state, federal government, donations. We, we apply and receive quite a few grants. We're hopeful, and I, I'm speaking for the state at the moment in a yeah. way, there is some federal money that's due, I think about $23 million that's right. going to be make its way to New Hampshire um, in year one of this uh, program that's been put through by the federal government. Um, there's a process going on now that I'm not directly involved in, but the Department of Health and Human Services is um, sort of funneling the information and putting together the proposal that goes to the federal government to make this possible. But they've been holding public information sessions around the state for stakeholders and interested parties to give people a chance to voice their opinion on how how best to use that funding. I think it's coming with certain restrictions. I'm sure it Uh, is. There's an emphasis, I understand, on uh, medical assistant treatment, MAT, and some other mm-hmm. approaches like that, but it's, it'll be welcome when it when it arrives for sure. Absolutely, it's been uh, you know one of those things that we've you know we've made a lot of uh, strong approaches in in New Hampshire. Uh, I know in Manchester and Ashwa, one of the things that we think both have in both cities have in common with the Safe Stations program in particular is basically just let's figure out how to get it done and get it done, and the money will figure that out later. And I always applaud people who are willing to sort of go out on a limb and, and say, here's, here's our solution. Let's figure it out and um, not wait for the funding to find the solution. Right. And hopefully not get too far ahead of yourselves. And but not get too far ahead of yourself yeah, either. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, there's been good uh, – I think one thing I can say from my perspective, there is a good uh, sense of teamwork in New yeah. Hampshire. Uh, I see it firsthand yeah. working with different organizations and they working with us and – whether it's making referrals or pointing people in the direction of some other organization that might be appropriate for their particular situation, that's right. It's great because the problem is serious. Without the teamwork, uh, you know, you're not going to really uh, make headway. Absolutely. So, um, one of the things I wanted to ask about, I always ask about, are there ways for people to get involved with supporting the Farnham Center through through volunteering? Can people give back? Um, if, if they find that they are drawn to the work you do and the difference you're making, is there some way in which they can get involved? There are some ways, and I guess people should always consult the, um, our website, farnhamcenter.org. Yep. Yep. Um, occasionally, we'll have events where there might be some volunte- uh, volunteering opportunities. Uh, of course, a lot of the work we do is done 
by people that have a specific um, training sure, or background. Sure, they're, they're, they're counselors, counselors they're late acts, that kind of thing. Late of acts. Uh, we, have a, uh, we are clinical, so we do have a, a full-time medical director, nursing staff, psych nurse practitioners and whatnot. But occasionally there's some events that um, – that people might be able to help out at a bit. And, you know, we welcome them to reach out to us, whether it's uh, through the website, through um, our Facebook page or different ways and see if there's something that we can work out. Absolutely. And of course, I see you also have a lot of donors listed as well. And I'm sure that you're, I'm sure that you're still accepting donations. Yeah. We're, we're not going <laughs> to, we're not going to turn those down. Well, I'll yeah. tell you one thing that, um, struck me when I first came yeah. on board with Farnham, which was about two and a half years ago. Every year, you know, we have an annual um, fundraising dinner, the Spirit of Hope dinner. Uh, it's kind of a wonderful evening, very nice uh, event. And they do raise quite a bit of money each year that night. But um, I was so pleased when I first realized that all that money raised that night is earmarked for scholarship funding, mm. which you know, makes a huge difference for people who might otherwise not be able to get the full extent of treatment that they need. So that money is earmarked for scholarship funding. It actually happens. It's not just lip service. No, that's great. You know, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, that's great. I know that people sometimes will say, you know, will sometimes or or think, you know, it's this organization says they're fundraising for something. Does my money actually do right. that? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. nice to see it actually happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think it ties in with the Easter Seals mission as yeah. well. So it's it's. Uh, I, I was really pleased when I yeah. realized that that was uh, the practice every year. That's fantastic. Anything new or upcoming that you want to mention? We have about about a minute left or so. Well, I guess every day is a new day in a sense. Um, we're continuing to expand programs. Um, we we also up, up in Franklin, for instance, we also have introduced some outpatient programs up there. We have open yeah. access there in the afternoons from one to three at at Farnham North, as we call it. Um, we're adding different outpatient groups over at the Lake Avenue address. We we have five meeting rooms over there, so we're able to really hold quite a few meetings for um, people at different states and, and other people who have a, a vest solve this problem that's fantastic yeah. peter thank you and i would say um anybody who's interested in learning more can go to the website mm-hmm. and look up farnhamcenter.org right. um, and as always as i always say if you forget about that call me at united way and i'll send you that thank you listening on each and every monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m next week we will be on with a special guest friend of mine from elm grove realty talking about commercial real estate that should be interesting but uh, we will also be talking with our friends from St. Joseph's. and the st joseph's hospital community education program next up is the village network with suzanne Koperniak. Um, until next week please remember to be kind to one another because great things really do happen when we live united